Happy New Year, Chase Hokes. It is so good to be with you at the top of the year. If your goal was to go to church more in 2024, you are crushing it. I just got to tell you, uh, nobody's nobody's beating you. Okay, like you you figured it out the very first weekend. Um, I don't know what kind of 2023 you have, but I I really do believe that good things are in store for us in 2024. Uh, I believe that God actually has a plan for 2024 and has you. In mind, I don't think that any of us are here today or any of us are watching today, listening today on accident. I believe God has an intentional purpose for your year and, and I don't want you to miss it. I think there's a couple of different ways that any one of us could approach uh, the year. We could begin to look at some of our resolutions or some of our goals. We could look at those around our health. Uh, family, relationships, career, finances. Uh, my hope for you is that you would have some sort of goals in your life that would uh, take your faith to the next level. Um, I, in, in some corporate settings, I've heard it said that you should make your goals smart. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard of SMART goals, okay? Like, not just SMART, but there, there's, it's an acronym, okay? So S stands for specific, all right? You want to be very specific about your goals. You can't just say, oh, I just want to read more, you know? It's like, no, you should be very specific. You should say, hey, I, I want to uh, read 12 books this year. It's one book a month, all right? You get some extra credit, you do two in one month, and you can chill in the summer a little bit. Like, there are some things you can do, but you want to make them very specific. Uh, the M stands for measurable. Okay, like the, it needs to be a, a, an actual measurable goal. So you can't just say, "I just want to be happier in 2024." It's like, well, that'd be nice. Um, but you can't really, you can't really measure that. Uh, but you could say, uh, "I want to spend at least 30 minutes every single week doing something I truly enjoy." So like it's, it, you, you want to make it uh, measurable. Uh, a is uh, achievable. Uh, some people are like, I'm going to be president this year. You're probably not. I'm just telling you that. Uh, somebody's like, I'm going to buy a yacht this year. If, you know, if, if, if you make you know, $3,000 a month, it's probably not going to happen. And if you want to be president, you should try being the president of your book club. It's very achievable. So that, that, that's what you want to do. Um, R is relevant. You want to do something that's relevant for your actual life. You know, some people are like, I'm going to run a marathon this year. If they don't run at all, you know, you're going to tear a hip flexor trying to be what you saw on Instagram. No, you want to do something that, that is actually uh, relevant. And then uh, the, T, the T stands for uh, time bound. You want to be able to say, hey, I, I want to put a, a deadline on this. I want to be able to say, hey, I, I did this uh, by, by the summer or by the fall, I want to be able to have saved this much money or this investment or, and so on and, and so forth. It's one way that any one of us could, could structure our year and, and some of our goals. Make your goals smart. Uh, another thing that I've also heard that can help you really uh, get some, uh, have, have a lot of uh, success in 2024 is uh, they say, hey, if you really want to change your life, you've got to change your habits. You've got to look at your habits, and, and if you look at those habits, those habits aren't serving you well, you want to definitely change your habits. And this weekend, at the top of the year, I, I thought it would be uh, helpful, I thought it would add value to your life and your faith if, if we zoomed in not just on habits for this weekend, but if we zoomed in on what I like to call domino habits. Today's message is called Domino Habits. It, it, a domino habit is different than a regular habit. A regular habit, you know, we've got good habits and bad habits. Regular good habit, exercise, 
uh, eating healthy, saving money. These are some good habits. You know some of the bad habits, procrastination. Nobody here deals with that. Uh, overspending. There's no Target people here today, just Walmart budget people in the room today. I just know like nobody struggles with that. But there can, there can be some, some bad habits. Well, a domino habit is a habit that leads to better habits. So, for example, studies show that waking up earlier leads to better habits. Journaling, uh, writing down how you feel, processing that, putting that pen to pad, like that is a, another habit that can, can really help you out. Exercise, again, it leads to some other habits. Now, this weekend, what I would like to do is I'd like to give you three domino habits that I believe can absolutely change your year. Three domino habits that if you do these, I promise you, your face is going to go to the next level. And your life is going to be drastically different. I think your relationships will be drastically different if you choose to adopt these three domino habits. The first domino habit that I have for you this weekend is uh, I want you to consider choosing life-giving environments. Choosing life-giving environments. This is a domino habit. I love what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says. It says, let us hold unswervingly. I like that word. This sounds cool. Unswervingly. Who says it? But it says it here. It, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, the unknown writer of Hebrews is encouraging people to say, hey, don't give up meeting together, getting in an environment that could take your life and your faith to the next level. I think about a life-giving environment in, in, in my life is, uh, is the gym. I, I try to go to the gym almost every single day, uh, work out at Lifetime Fitness, and uh, it's interesting. I made a commitment to just start going to the gym about a year ago. And I'll be honest with you. When I go to the gym, I feel successful for just doing that. I went to the gym. Sometimes I just sit in the parking lot. I went to the gym. What are you talking about? Don't judge me. I went to the gym. You did. I did. All right. I went to the gym. And so sometimes I'll just be literally sitting in the parking lot. Like, I don't even want to go in. I don't even want to go in there because it's intimidating. And it seems like everybody in there knows what they're doing. And then here's what I figured out. Once I actually got in the gym, I figured out how to look like I know what I'm doing. It's awesome. You know, and, and there's this saying I've been hearing over the last couple months. It said, the heaviest weight at the gym is the front door. And I just thought, isn't that true? Like, that's so true. It's like it, it really does have some, some weight to it, you know. But once you get in there, I figured out some tricks to make it look like I'm working way harder than I actually am. Uh, my workout I do every day, I walk uphill one mile. That's it. Just walk uphill. I'll shoot around a little bit, make people think I'm still good at basketball every now and then. I step in the steam room and just make it look like I'm sweating. Like, man, you're working really hard, man. What are we getting into today? I'm like, what are we getting into today? What are you getting into today? You know, it's like I've just figured out how to just, just fit in. And the other day I found myself, after, after about 10, 11 months going to the gym every day, just being there, I found myself rowing. Just just. Just row it. Why did I start rowing? 
I have no earthly idea. I saw somebody else do it and they looked cool. I was like, oh, I got to do this. I can roll. You know what I mean? It's like, but they knew what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing, but I found myself doing things because I was in the right environment. I, I want you to begin to consider in 2023, what environments did you spend the most time in? It, it, it's a domino habit, but when you choose a life giving one, it's amazing how it can absolutely change your life. I tell people all the time, you should go to church more. They're like, yeah, man, I know I need to start going to church more. No, no, but not for the reason you think. It's like, no, man, I know you guys want more people to come to your church. No, 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 you, you got it wrong. Do you know what will happen in your life if you made a commitment to just be in a faith environment all the time? Now, again, I, I grew up in church where you know, my dad was a, an African Methodist Episcopal Church pastor. If you don't know what that means, it's just a black church. I don't know how else to explain it, but that, that's what it was. And we had church every day. I mean, it, it was it, for no reason. Okay, like we had choir rehearsal. That, like that was a full service Tuesday night. You had Wednesday night Bible study. You had prayer meeting Thursday night. You know, you had Saturday, just a, a picnic. Just people just come eat and stuff. And then Sunday, five-hour service. It was like we were always at church, but... The older I get, I'm, I was grateful for the environment. Because uh, whether you're a Christian or not, let me tell you what a faith environment is going to do for you. I can't think of many environments in the world that are trying to put your marriage back together. I can't think of many environments in the world that are praying for your children. I can't think of many environments in the world that are trying to help you beat an addiction. Wouldn't you want to be in that kind of environment? And believe you me, we are not just on this stage with microphones and guitars and pianos just playing some songs and just giving you a TED Talk. We actually believe in the power of God to change your life and heal your body and heal your soul. And we actually believe you can bring your pain to this place and walk out a different person. It's about choosing a life giving environment i just got to tell you in 2024 something powerful can happen in your life if you give it to jesus i believe that with all of my heart i love what we see in scripture from people that just once they got in a different environment everything changed i i, I love john 6 verse 5 it says when jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him he said to philip where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He says, this, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go? Among so many, Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Five loaves, two fish in an ordinary home. It's just a decent lunch. But add Jesus to the environment, and now we have a Lunchable that turns into a buffet for 5,000 people, and we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. It's just food. 
But, but, but all of a sudden you add Jesus to the environment. And it changes absolutely everything. I, I love what we see in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place in an upper room. And Acts 2 is about how the Holy Spirit fell on a group of men and women that just came together in an environment. and said, Lord, what is it that you want to do with us? Now, a lot of times when people talk about Acts chapter 2, they can focus in on, okay, so these, these men and women began to speak in tongues. But what I believe can often be missed is that they weren't just speaking a heavenly language. In fact, uh, there were so many different people groups there that began to hear the gospel for the first time in their own language. It would be like me all of a sudden starting to speak Spanish. I don't know Spanish like that. I, I could do a little bit, okay? Un poquito. That's it. That's the best I can do. But imagine if I began to preach the gospel because of the power of the Holy Spirit falling on these people. Something very, very powerful began to happen in the upper room when they got in a very specific environment. And in fact, the result of that was Acts 2 verse 42, it says they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Take some ordinary people and put an extraordinary Holy Spirit in a room, and it's amazing what can happen in an entire community. People didn't just get more spiritual. The community changed. They started selling stuff to say, what is it that you need, and how, how can I add value to, to your life? All because they got in the right environment. Uh, for some of us, <laughs> we would love to choose a life-giving environment, but we find ourselves driving to work every day and it's kind of a life-sucking environment uh, here's what i want to encourage you to do when you can't choose a life-giving environment choose to be a life-giving person because uh, here's here's what i know about you and me uh, whatever it is that you believe about your work environment somebody else has also come to a conclusion about your work environment but what's plausible is that they have come to that conclusion about their work environment because of their experience with you. <laughs> like, you have no idea. They, they can be, oh, this place is, is just toxic, and this place is just... And, and you might feel the exact same, but imagine if you both just got together and said, hey, what? I got a crazy idea. What if I decided to be nice to you, and you decided to be nice to me? Well, wouldn't that give us a different experience as to where we actually work? I just want you to know this, this in 2024. You can choose to be influenced 
or you can be an influencer. I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about somebody that has a mindset that says, I have value to add to this environment and there's something I can do to change it. I can make a decision to be a life-giving person even in a life-sucking environment. Young person, sometimes you don't have many options. Sometimes, everyone that's hanging out, everyone that's throwing the party, there's not a whole lot of life giving there. And it can be tough. I got to encourage you at a young age, decide to be the kind of person that says, you know what? I'm not always just going to be looking for the life giving environment. Sometimes you have to do the hard thing and create one. And sometimes that means sitting alone at a lunch table. But somebody will show up someday. Somebody will call someday. And thank God you waited for them. Thank God that you set something up to say, hey, here's the deal. Regardless if it's my job, my school, or my locker room, I have decided that I am going to be a life-giving person. Because you can't always get to choose the perfect environment. But you can always impact an imperfect environment. question I want you to ask regarding this domino habit is what environment do we need to make a habit of putting ourselves in to become who God wants us to be? For some of us, that might not just mean going to church more. For some of us, that might mean that this is the year we decide to get into a small group. And sometimes, I, you know, some people, I mean, I love my small group. Some people are like, oh, I don't like their food, man. They're not good at hosting, you know, and that's not everybody's gift. I get it. I get it. I get it. But in light of what God wants to do in your life, in light of what God wants to do in your year, could it be the year that you either get into a small group or perhaps, call me crazy, you start a small group? Because usually the people that are picky about the food at somebody else's house, you must be good at laying it out yourself. So, think about it. What environment do you need to start or make a habit of being in in 2024 to be who God has called us to be? Uh, domino habit number two. Budgeting generosity. Budgeting generosity. I love what Acts 20, verse 35 says. It says, and everything I did, I, I, I showed you. That by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. He said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Now, I know that there's a, a lot of stigmas around talking about ch church and money. And that some people believe in the separation of church and money. I, I, I don't. And I'm, I'm not like, oh, man, you better be hesitant. Be careful about talking about money in church. But. Uh, here's what I truly believe. I believe what Jesus said. I believe it's better to give than receive. And a lot of the rhetoric around money in church has all been about, well, give it to the church. <laughs> but th that's not today's message. No, no, no. Today's message is for you to go look at your resources and go, what portion of it have I budgeted to say, you know what, what if I made a habit of doing this and what could that do for my faith? And what could that do for my life? I just got to tell you, it's a domino habit. If you start budgeting generosity, it will absolutely 
change your life. And my wife and I, we started doing this when we were dating. And the reason we did that is because I said, hey, I just, I just want our relationship to be bigger than just us. And what we can acquire for just us. And so we started early just by reaching out to people and saying, hey, how can we support and how can we give? And, and it wasn't about how much wealth we had. I, I don't know. I, I made, I, I don't, at that time, what was the economy then? I don't know. I was like making like $11 an hour type of deal. But I still was just going, you know what? We want to budget generosity. I, I love what Second Corinthians 8, 7 says. It says, but since you excel in everything. He's talking to the church. He goes, you guys are good. You guys are really good. He said, but since you excel in everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And I don't know about you, but I'm a competitive guy. Sometimes I read the scripture and I go, wow, <laughs> excel in giving. Well, come on, let's go. Let's take this giving thing too. The next level. And so since my wife and I have been together every single year, we just say, hey, let's excel in our giving. Let's continue to budget generosity and let's see how how high we can go in terms of just what we can give away. Uh, the other day I was doing some reading um, on uh, some, some food crisis stuff that's happening in the area of Somalia due to the Russia-Ukraine war, Russia pulled out of the Black Sea grain deal, and I know most of us don't even know what that means. I didn't really know what it means until I started reading about it a little bit more, but uh, the, the ramifications of it is this. A lot of people are hungry. A lot of people are losing their livestock and malnutrition and East Africa is impacted. And, I, and I'm just reading about this, and, and Somalia specifically is, is gravely being impacted right now. Well, I went to school in, in Minneapolis where there is a rather large Somalian population. And I actually went to school around a lot of people that are from Somalia. And so um, I, a, lot, a lot of my best friends are there. I work with one of the largest churches in Minnesota. And so I, I hit them up and I say, hey, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to really reach out to the Somalian community in, in the Minneapolis area. And I, I, I think y'all should do something. About this. And I just thought, isn't that all of us? You know what I mean? Y'all, you know that big church over there? Yeah, y'all need to, 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 to get your act together. And y'all need to do something about this problem in the world. And then I just thought, hey, Ryan, aren't you the church? Can't you give an impact on, on what I was reading? Now, this is, this is exactly... What it said, there, were, there was some copy in this email I was reading, and it said, every $12 feeds a child for a month. And I just thought, well, we've budgeted a little bit more than $12. Couldn't the leaks do something about it? And so, you know what we did? We clicked on the link. <laughs> And gave just a little bit more than, than $12. And, and, and here's, here's what I think. I think for some people, have gotten to a place in their life where they go, listen, and again, I don't want to assume anything about anybody's financial situation. I, I, I don't want to do that. But I, I just, I, I do have to wonder. If, if everyone here today doesn't have 
$12 to budget a month to say, you know what? I'm going to give to something. Doesn't have to be church. Um, me and my wife, we love giving to church. We, we give a bulk of our income to church for sure. But I just have to wonder what your life would look like if you began to have a domino habit of saying, you know what? I'm not going to wait for the moment to make a decision about, oh, should I give now or should I not? And this person's in need. I just, no, I've made a decision ahead of time to just budget ahead. I, I think that there, uh, I, I love 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, I'm not doing an offering tonight. Everybody can relax. Some people are like, don't ask me for my Venmo. Chill. Like, I promise you, got no tricks up to sleep. But what I am going to encourage you to do is in 2024, make a decision. Like, for you to give what you've decided in your heart, I think some of us haven't even gotten there. They haven't even made a decision to say, you know what? I, I don't know what we're going to give, but I know what we'd like to. I just want to put it in my heart like, hey, I, I'd like to give. Some, some of us are in a $12 a month range. Some of us might be in 120 Some of us might be in a $1,200 a month budget generosity situation. Some might be in a $12,000 a month situation. But let me just... Let me just ask you this, just, just for a second, all right? I just want you to just dream. I just want you to get crazy with me for a little bit, all right? What category do you want to be in? I, I, I just, I'll, I'll just tell you this. I can only imagine what would happen in your life. The domino effect of a person that makes a decision and says, you know what? Lord, we want to be a house that gives away $12,000 a month. You just decided in your heart. You might, and today you might go, that's impossible. You'd be surprised how God resources a heart that wants to do that. However, I'm just letting you know how God works. You're not going to trick God into giving you a million dollars. Okay? You're like, yeah, I would do it if you gave me the money. Yeah, wink, wink, sure. No, like you can prove what you would do with hundreds of thousands of dollars by what you do with tens of hundreds. That, that's where it is. And I'm just telling you, from my, my wife and I, this started long before we even had good careers. Like, it was just like, we just decided, we're going we're gonna to budget who we actually want to be in the future. It's not going to happen on accident. The question I want you to, to ask yourself about your resources this year, because again, here, this, this is, I keep using the word budget because a budget is simply a plan. And what I got to ask you is, and I, what we got to all ask ourselves, do we have a God-honoring plan for our resources in 2024? Do we have a God-honoring plan for our resources in 2024? Where we say, hey, Lord, if you put a need in front of me, I'm here for it. And I'm ready because I budgeted for it. I made a plan Forward. What me and my wife, we started to do is we started with kind of your, your 10, 10, 80 budget plan. 10% to God, 10% savings, live on 80. And then what we did with that 10% is we just said that 10% to God, we said, hey, why don't we tick that up a couple percentages 
every single year as best as we can. And let's just, let's just see what happens. And some people go, oh, man, no, I, 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 don't, I don't like that plan. I don't like the 10, 10, 80 plan. I don't, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm like, okay, but do you know what most people's plan is? It's zero, zero, one twenty five plan, okay? Zero percent to God, zero percent to saving, and you spend more than you make, okay? It's like, like that plan isn't working for you, and I just got to let you know. If you don't have a plan for your resources, let me tell you who does. Target, okay? They got a plan for your money. I'm just telling you how it is, okay? Amazon, they got a plan for your money. Netflix, they keep upticking low-key. They're they doing it real, real, real low-key, but they got a plan for your money. Do you, do us, do we have a God-honoring plan for the resources God is going to bring to us? I encourage you in 2024 to be that kind of person because here's what happens. Here's the domino effect of budgeting generosity. God will put things in your path to make a difference in. You've you've literally changed the entire landscape for your home, for your life. My kids now think that they have budgeted generosity. Hey, Dad, we can just give to them, right? I made this money. You ain't made a dime. You can't just be speaking to, to strangers on my behalf, assuming that we will. But, but, but on one hand, it's just like, but we can help them though, right? That, yeah. Not because we're wealthy. We can do it because we budget it for it. We're ready. And it's amazing. The other habit that, that you get from budgeting generosity, the domino habit, is you wake up looking for opportunities to give. You see the world differently. You walk slower. You notice single moms at grocery stores because you're looking for something that you budgeted and planned for. I gotta encourage you. Budget generosity in 2024. Domino habit number three uh, practicing gratitude. Practicing gratitude. I love it. First Thessalonians 5:16 says, it says, rejoice always. Verse 17 says, pray continually. That's a lot. Verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you and Christ Jesus. Uh, how many of you would like to know God's will for you in 2024? Okay. I just found it. Okay. Give thanks in all circumstances. Like if you're trying to figure out, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? I got a picture for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do you know the domino effect of practicing gratitude? It changes every relationship you got. Give me the worst marriage in the building. And I can only give you one piece of advice for 2024. Practice gratitude. Gratefulness, gratefulness, gratefulness. Ryan, you don't know them. I know, I know, I know. But if you will begin to practice gratefulness, you might actually begin to see them in a whole different light. Like, Ryan, you don't know my boss. I know, but if you practice gratefulness, you'd be glad that you got a job at all. You treat them a whole lot different because you decided to say, you know, I'm going to create this habit of practicing gratefulness. It'll change how you parent. We're all one Visit to the children's hospital away from seeing the whole world differently. It'll give you a little bit more patience 
when you're grateful for it. Our youngest got, in a, got a little injury, a little Christmas injury, caught a knee to the mouth, might lose a tooth, pray for his root, pray that God brings it back to life. We believe in miracles, anything can happen. My, my wife and I were talking about that. Oh, man, I might lose a tooth. And I just said, you know, no emergency room. And that place is packed often. I'm, I'm grateful that it's not worse. I just, I have a habit of just practicing gratitude. Life's not perfect. Circumstances never are. I don't have perfect friends. I don't have perfect family. But I'm grateful for it. I don't have a perfect career. I'm a perfect job. But I'm grateful for it. Imagine what could happen in your life. If you decided to just say, you know what, I just, for God's will in 2024, I'm going to practice gratitude. Last question for this weekend. What area do we need to practice more gratitude in? What area of your life, is there an area of your life you're just not looking forward to this year? You just, like it, it just, you just feel down at the immediate thought of it. Or maybe you get anxiety at the immediate thought of it. I would encourage you to consider what God's will for you is in that circumstance. And begin practicing gratitude. Three domino habits for 2024. Number one, choose life-giving environments. <laughs> and when that's not on the table, be a life-giving person. Number two, decide to budget generosity. I don't know what you can afford. I don't want to assume anything about anybody's economics. But I just got to encourage you. Decide to budget the kind of person that you want to be. Number three, I encourage you to live in God's will for your life in 2024, which is to give thanks in all circumstances. I believe we do these three things. I believe we'll have a year like we've never had before. Can we pray? God, I thank you so much for this amazing church. God, I pray for each and every one of us in our years, our 2024s. God, would you stretch our faith this year? God, I, I pray that we would find ourselves in environments where we truly experience and see your power. Lord, we don't want to do any of this all on our own. We, we need the power of your Holy Spirit to help us do everything. Oh God, I pray that we would find ourselves in an environment where we truly experience you in a powerful way. God, I pray that you'd help us budget generosity and help us to be grateful and in all of our circumstances, help us to have these kind of habits that lead to other habits. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.